Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of Crouch's Couch. Today you've got your boy Madison, you got Jack and CSG. We're no Yosha's Corner today, we're missing our producer. We're doing a short little episode, we're going to chat about some international soccer during this international break. We're going to tackle a new segment we have called What's Holding Them Back? And then we'll hit our 91st minute and have a few questions that we fire off. Alright guys, let's get started with this international soccer. Usually I cry during international breaks because we've, we are prem absent and we're not having fun watching the teams we love, sans Jack. But Spanish is off too. <laughs> high-flying international soccer, great matchups. First one of the weekend, Germany-Spain. Probably thought it was going to be a tie. It ended 1-1. Uh, who is Jack, who is Rodrigo? Who is this guy who scored in the sixth minute? I'll tell you what. I don't know because it doesn't matter. Um, really, the star of the game and that goal was the timeless Andres Iniesta. True. He opened up Germany's entire defense with a single one-touch pass, mm-hmm. and it brought flashbacks of his uh, Euro 2012 run and uh, World Cup 2010 form. It was glorious. Dynamite. And Muller absolutely piped the shot from 25. Also, um, Draxler uh, had an absolute banger of a shot that was destined to kiss both posts in the upper V. And De Gea might have had one of the best saves I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Full extension. Just fully palmed it away. I think we can all agree he's the best keeper in the world right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's some talented keepers out there. So another another matchup this weekend, or this past week, Germany-Brazil, rematch of the heartbreak in Brazil. CSG, does this mean Brazil's back in the elite? Tough to say they're back in the elite, especially when the face of their nation, Neymar, is out right now and very debatable if he's going to be a healthy and be fit and sharp to perform in the world cup like we know him as a player as he can perform so i mean i'd put them kind of in that like second tier category on the outside looking into your your germany's your france's and your spain's probably but they're like right there knocking on the door CSG, how would you rate them against, like, a Belgium? I think they're better than Belgium, but Belgium is in that same kind of second tier of echelon of international teams that I'd categorize right now. What about you? Yeah, I'd kind of I'd uh, say the same thing. It really depends on Neymar. Um, though I will say Gabriel Jesus is not a bad second option. I love him. That guy is yeah. incredible. Um, and then Neymar, I mean, Neymar makes that Brazilian heartbeat. Though. Yeah, they're stacked with name recognition, but Neymar really kind of gives it that samba flair. He's he plays kind of the stereotypical Brazilian soccer. Like, a lot of flair. Looks like he's having fun. He plays like the Ronaldinho Robinho days. <laughs> definitely those are great and those are great he gets them excited so i mean without neymar oh, yeah. they're obviously not the same team but i uh, they're overflowing with talent you can't really count them out 
Yeah, I'm still a little worried though about not having a out and out number nine. Like that still kind of like yeah, Jesus is absolutely a fantastic player, but I don't know. I feel like if he doesn't get in behind, he could have two big center backs kind of bully him one game, and that might be detrimental to their and them in the knockout rounds. They've got so much talent up front, though. Like you can bring in Firmino off the bench. You've got Jesus. Douglas Costa is going to provide a lot of attacking uh, pressure and take up a lot of attention. Coutinho could potentially slide in and play like a number 10 creator role without Neymar. I do agree that lack of a number nine is a little worrying, but I mean, if anyone has the talent to back it up. Yeah, to be fair, their style is conducive to not really having a number nine, actually. They're probably better suited with that type of false nine slash kind of in between, you know? True, true. Another matchup this weekend was two of the most exciting people of 2018 so far. Ronaldo and Mo Salah in a Portugal-Egypt matchup for the ages. Salah scoring in the 56th minute. And Ronaldo scoring twice, once in the 92nd and again in the 94th to win it for Portugal. Is this just classic Ronaldo? I would say it's classic new Ronaldo. Um, his game, he's shifted his game so much, which... Huge credit to him. That's got to be incredibly tough to do throughout your career. But he's shifted into just a clinical finisher and really kind of a predator. Um, if the new FIFA doesn't come out and he doesn't have the little poacher icon next to his name, uh, should be an outrage because the, the dude just finishes balls in the box now. And, uh, I mean, he's somehow managed to continue to get better this late in his career. It's really Yeah, I think incredible. we touched on this a little bit last time, but yeah, I completely agree with you where Ronaldo used to be your classic out-and-out winger, get to the touchline, get balls in the box, and you know score a couple goals at Manchester United. But now at Madrid, as he's gotten older, I feel like he kind of just somehow pops up in the box every single time you're looking for him, and he just puts one, two, or three goals away, and he shakes everyone's hands and says, thanks, see you later. And it looks so effortless because I feel like when I watch him, he doesn't really influence the game that heavily. But all of a sudden, you see his name three times on the score sheet, and you're like, wow, he absolutely dominated the match. Popping up in the box is a very uh, astute way to put it, given <laughs> He definitely is transitioning in his, in his older side of his career from a winger to a striker, and... It'll take. I'm not sure what it'll take for Zidane to displace Benzema up there, but it seems like Real Madrid is running kind of a Ronaldo being on the left but a free player. And then especially when the ball is out on the right with an Isco or a, or a Bale or whoever's out there, he's just drifting right into the – right between the penalty – um, the penalty spot and the six. Yeah, man. And just looking for I like the, I like what you said about that because like – it's tough. Like you need a out and out striker one, just because I don't think Ronaldo can go a full ninety playing through the middle. I just don't think is he's not that type of player, and I don't know if we'll ever be that genuine type of player. You can put him up there for whatever the last 20, 30 minutes of a game, and he'll excel. But then also you kind of have that Benzema up top. Ronaldo is in the formation playing left winger, but he sneaks in a lot. And then it also provides Marcelo just the license to bomb forward. And I think that's why they are so effective. And Chris, I love, uh, 
I love how you highlighted the uh, need of a kind of pure traditional striker for Madrid so Ronaldo can play off him. Because rumor is uh, Benzema's out this summer, and you know who's most likely replacing him? Uh, Do you think it's Harry (laughs) Kane? I think it might be Lewandowski now. Oh. Whoa. Oh, I'm 100%. Embrace debate. Harry Kane, but... (laughs) It's it's going to be Harry Kane, and they're getting rid of Bale, Benzema, potentially Zidane, depending on how this Champions League goes. (laughs) Uh, I, I heard today Pochettino... On top of being linked with the Madrid job, linked with the Bayern job. Bayern. Apparently, job. Thomas Tuchel has signed on with a mysterious club that no one Arsenal. knows, huh. and is no longer interested in the Bayern Munich is job. Is Tuchel going okay. to Arsenal or PSG then? Uh, AC Milan. <laughs> no, no I have way. No Gattuso idea. is going to bring AC Milan out of the dark ages. Oh yeah. Dude, AC Milan's about to be owned by a legit like uh, really hedge fund. That can only mean good things. Like, uh, the, like their owner went into huge debt to buy all yes. the players last summer, and um, they're uh, they're basically because they didn't make the Champions League this year, they're now going into like uh, default on their loans and are going to be run by a hedge fund out there. Yeah. Wild. So what do we think about Argentina, Spain? 6-1, Spain destroying Argentina. Is Spain back in the game now? I just think it was kind of a showing that uh, Spain is really here to compete and also raises huge warning flags for Argentina because they didn't have Messi true, but that doesn't explain six goals. Their uh, back line really needs to figure it out before the... Uh... Yeah, it's always been Argentina's biggest Achilles heel, though. Their back four and their goalkeeper cut rate compared to their front six, though. Odomendi's no joke, though. He's been a revelation, yeah. I agree, but in the past, historically, yeah. Argentina have been very shaky at the back. Romero. Definitely. Worst piece of that team. <laughs> <laughs> Romero's been around for so long. First name on the team sheet. Good stuff. Cover the international break. Now we're going to move on to a new segment called What's Holding Them Back? In this segment, we're going to take a look at a player who we think should be in the top echelon of players, but there's something holding them back. This week, we're going to tackle a guy who we've been chatting about in weeks past because of his good performances both in the Premier League and against Barcelona in the Champions League, Mr. Willian. CSG. What is holding him back? So, I mean, we've had heavy, heavy praise for William over the past couple of weeks on his performances against Barcelona and then a couple in the Premier League where he's gotting, he's coming from the outside and in and he's bending that shot in on the near post and far post. Looks very sharp, looks more dynamic lately, but, I mean, there's just a little more left to be desired that I feel like, but... It's hard to really put your thumb on it just because I don't know if he's being overshadowed by a guy like Hazard. But then again, if Hazard leaves, is William truly a number one player on a top six Premier League team? I mean, 
that debate kind of arises when you think about it that way. That's true, and that's a tough one. Especially with Hazard around, it's tough to say that Willian should even be the best on that team. Because I and everything I read, Hazard is one of the top um, top ranked players in the world and the top ranked transfer fees in the world. For me, though, what's holding William back from being truly a world-class talent, I think he's got the athleticism. I think he's got the the pace, the quickness, the ball control, and he can shoot from the outside, which is something very rare for a player like him. Um, but I think it's just his vision. When he's running up the field, he always gets it and he stops with it, especially with on Chelsea. It's that's something that really stops the flow of the game for them. That's because they want to break every single time they go down the field. And when Willian stands there with the ball completely stopped, kind of like Messi does on the side sometimes, yes, it's great when you ISO a guy one-on-one and you can shake him up and go down line. But when the rest of your team is already in the box and arriving forward, you've got to get it moving. And when he can't just look up and swing a ball in, which he's so good at doing, he can swing that ball in there very, very well from the sideline. When he can't get his head up and see a Murata or see a Giroud in there and get the ball to their head or behind the defense for a low cross, I think that's really what's holding him back right now. Jack, what do you think? I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, He has all the physical gifts in the world. His touch is great. He's really dynamic with the ball. He can beat someone one-on-one, but... Oftentimes he gets the ball and he sticks his head down and tries to ISO people or he just kind of dribbles with the ball aimlessly without any kind of pure direction. And on a team like Chelsea, which for as long as they've been relevant in the Abramovich era have relied heavily on the counterattack and heavily on quick transition of the ball to attack, it can really kill momentum and I think that's the reason why in the past few years he's been stunningly left on the bench in a lot of big games it's just he kills the momentum of what Chelsea have kind of made their identity and I don't know I'd I would be curious to see if he would be good on a different team though that wasn't so reliant on quick transition and hitting them on the counter. What kind of a, what team do you guys think would William best fit on? Well, if he went where he was originally supposed to go until Chelsea yanked him from Spurs, I actually think he'd be a solid, solid Spurs winger. I mean, he's kind of the opposite of human son where son will just keep the ball moving and he's going to go at you. He's going to pull a step over and he's going to shoot it from inside the box and Willian is almost the opposite he'll stop it he'll try and sauce you up and then he'll either swing it from the outside or just try to keep dribbling in but I think it'd be a good compliment on the other side where you don't have a pacey winger but instead you have an Erickson who I love and I like the I like the control that Erickson's he gives me outside on fire he's been unbelievable that shot against Chelsea was unreal yeah also I would be worried about him almost as much as I'd be worried about Kane if I was a Spurs fan leaving yeah. this summer. Yeah, he's a, he's got Barcelona written all over him. CSG, where do you see William? Uh, I mean, if he went to Spurs, he'd probably just be another boring Spurs player. That is very, very... <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like if you he you turn into a a product of his environment. You put him on Arsenal, he doesn't have a backbone. I mean, you put him on Manchester United, who knows what'll happen to him under Jose Mourinho? I feel like he's a very What about on Liverpool? I think he would he would thrive under a situation with a Klopp type of manager because Klopp I think yeah. he would I think he'd just be a Mane replacement. Yeah. I think he'd be give the offer the I exact bet, same thing. Would he bet be better than Mane though? I don't know. I feel like he's a mix of Mane and Coutinho because Coutinho likes to kind of stop the ball and pick his head up. Yeah, that's one thing that 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 front three of Liverpool though is needs to do is keep the ball moving forward. Oh, because totally. those three are just a flurry attacking when they can keep the ball rolling. Coutinho didn't really fit with Klopp's system. Yeah, he played he played a little deeper than those three though, didn't he? Yeah, but he would take the spot of one of those three, and mm-hmm. I. And he would stop, and he liked to pick his head up and kind of work the ball a bit, whereas the other three yeah. are fully in on Klopp's system of just, like, head down and go on the break. We're going to fly at you. Yeah. We've identified what's holding William back. Let's wrap up this short segment with a 91st minute. Let's keep these answers short, boys, and fly through them. First question, 91st minute. What is the most exciting Prem fixture this weekend? We have two derbies, but a plethora of other games. CSG, what are you looking at? I'm going Merseyside Derby. I think it's a big, uh, big weekend for Everton to kind of show that their season isn't all for naught. <laughs> I like it, Jack. So I'm a huge Everton fan, but I'm gonna have to go with the Manchester Derby. Um, it was supposed to be the derby on which the season was decided, but that was decided long ago. I think that it'll be fun to see Mourinho and Pep go against each other, though. And also, uh, this hot prediction here, but uh, I think that uh, Mourinho's fate of the club could very well depend on his performance both on the pitch and off the pitch this weekend. Interesting. I like it. I, I've i got a side with CSG on this one. There's going to be some great goals in the City United game, but there's, you're not going to see anyone kick each other more <laughs> than these two Merseyside clubs. Let's see, next one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic had his debut in LA this week. What's one word to describe this magical two-goal performance to bring them back from 3-0 down? Jermaine. Scintillating. Absolutely scintillating. I was screaming and jumping around in my apartment by myself when he hit that banger and then also the winner. <laughs> Jack? Uh, it was Zlatan. It was just <laughs> classic Zlatan. He took out the full page ad, called his shot, his first touch of the game, he hit that banger, and then afterward gave probably the quote of the last decade <laughs> with... I. I heard them chanting, we want Zlatan, we want Zlatan. I gave them Zlatan. <laughs> it, the dude's a living legend. Oh, yeah. Perfect oh, yeah. for LA. Yeah, my, my word was similar. It was Hollywood. Like he's, he's there. He's scoring the goals. He's tearing his shirt off. This is, this is where Zlatan's wanted to be. All right, next one. We've got some more, some more word questions. Three words to describe Chelsea's season. Jack. Trust the process. 
This is classic <laughs> Chelsea. Like, they win the title, and they're kind of average to eh the next year. They mm-hmm. fire their manager, they get a new manager, and they rinse and repeat. <laughs> True. CSG. Dude, what happened? I feel like <laughs> you had it all. You had Costa, you had Conte, you had a team that defended and counterattacked, and then Conte hates Costa, and then now Conte wants to leave, and I feel like it's just like, where did it all go wrong in such a short span of time? To be fair, everyone hates Costa. <laughs> That dude cannot hold a team. My three are highs, lows, and N'Golo Conte. <laughs> N'Golo! There's been highs, there's been lows, but there's always been Conte. And he will always be Conte. Uh, he's the most important Chelsea player. Better than Hazard. Our last question. Who is the most missed player in the Prem, and why is it Joey Barton? <laughs> <laughs> DSG, what did Joey Barton bring? I think Joey Barton can be summed up in a matter of four minutes in his performance against Man City on the final day of the 2012 season when he just said, basically, fuck it, and tried to get a Man City player sent off after he was already sent <laughs> off. Unreal. Jack? I'm not going to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> CSG got it fine. I think (laughs) Joey Barton is just as fit for a Premier League match as he is for a prison brawl. And he's (laughs) always up up to kick someone, punch someone, spit on someone, and give you great interviews. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Crouch's Couch. Thank you, CSG. Thank you, Jack. We'll have some exciting Champions League to cover in the next episode, as well as hopefully some great derbies. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Harry. <laughs> <All right. laughs>